mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Hey everybody, welcome to Marriage and Martinis. I'm Adam, here's Danielle. Hello. Hi. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> so today's episode um, is finance related, which usually is not a very summary topic. A summary. Summary, like summertime. Okay. Not like a summary, summertime. You know, because people are relaxing and having fun in the summer and you don't really want to think about finances. Okay. Yeah. Sure. So, but, but I think it's very timely because we're just today is the first day of our official couples challenge. If you haven't signed up yet, uh, if you get our emails, check your spam or whatever, you got the couples challenge if you are signed up for emails and you can still do it for sure. Um, and we'll be checking in about that all month. Uh, and I think it'll be a really awesome bonding opportunity for, you and your partner, um, and it's free. So it's just going to be fun. And it's timely for us because you have chosen as your topic for me to learn more about. <laughs> How ironic is that? The monies. Huh? <laughs> right. <laughs> no, but the thing that's so great about doing it this way, it's so approachable to bring to you and say, hey, let's talk about money where it's not an overwhelming thing to you. We can actually... Well, we're not even talking about it yet. I'm just researching it first. Well, that's my point. Like, I can approach you with it so yeah. much easier than just coming to you and saying, what, did you see the credit card bill this month? Or something like yeah, that. Yeah, that always works out well. <laughs> right. That's a great way to go about <laughs> it. But at the end of the challenge, one fun thing will be, and for me, for you, you are going to, I always talk about the fact that I get so frustrated that everything you listen to, watch, read, and, you know, just everything in your life is from the male perspective. Like every, all the shows you watch have, you know, a male character, main character, and the podcasts you listen to and everything. So I am going to give you some things that I want you to indulge in to get more of the female perspective. But at the end of the 30 days, we are going to present to one another what we've learned. Mm-hmm. Um, and you will, of course, be doing it in form of interpretive dance. Uh, of, co- of course. Of course. Why wouldn't I? Yes. <laughs> and I will be doing it um, by showing how much I can spend in the course of 24 hours. Right. <laughs> no, no, seriously. I think it's going to be really fun. And, you know, it, the topics are like a little bit heavy, but we can still have a lot of fun with it. So anyway, so today's episode is with Andy Hill, who is really relatable when it comes to finance and everything, because he's just like us. He's just a regular suburban dad, um, husband, and he's got two kids, um, and he hails from Michigan, 
And he's all about family and his goal is just to give them the best possible life and strengthen their family tree for generations to come. And in 2016, he started really geeking out about the topic of young family and finance and he decided to start a blog and a podcast about it and it began as a hobby and then it morphed into a fun side hustle. Um, And then today... He left his corporate marketing career behind and he's a full-time blogger and podcaster. So he's like living his dreams kind of. It started as a hobby. Um, And he's been in places such as CNBC, Business Insider, NBC News, Forbes. Um, I could keep going about how he paid off $50,000 in debt in less than a year. Seven steps uh, he took to become mortgage-free by 35 years old, he talks a lot about that, about how he and his family have now are living mortgage free. I mean, amazing mm-hmm. and debt free um, and how they became millionaires in less than 10 years, starting from uh, being $50,000 in debt. So it's a really relatable conversation. I, we definitely asked him, like, all right, what do we have to sacrifice really to make this work? Like, is this going to be where we never get to go anywhere or do anything if you really want to become you know, debt free in just a year or two? Um, and it was just a relatable episode. Yeah, it was very easy to talk to him. It, it didn't seem overwhelming when we were talking about our situation and what we could do to help with that. Yeah. Like it's just very easy to listen to and talk to. Yeah. yeah. And, and we were very honest about our financial situation and what we've been through and the struggles that we've had um, and that we're still trying to overcome financially. Uh, so yeah. And if you want to do the couples challenge, please go print it out. Um, I think it's going to be awesome. And if you have any questions, you can email us with questions or DM me, uh, via Instagram and I'm happy to help get you started. Uh, and also the ebook can help you get started. Uh, promo code MNM podcast for our largest discount, 20% off. And, uh, that has the topic, that started the whole challenge. So it's a great icebreaker. So anyway, enjoy Andy Hill's episode. And um, thanks for listening. Hey, Andy, how you doing? I'm great, Danielle. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on. Absolutely. Good to meet you, Andy. I, I, I forgot my martini, but I am here. So I'm, I'm down. Yeah, yeah. We're just, we, I know we're doing water, water tonight. Yeah. We're super it's a sober boring. session, huh? <laughs> yeah. Finance, though, is one of Adam's favorite topics it is one of my if my least favorite topic uh yes yeah well, that's, that's the same dance my, my wife dances she she I, I i talk about money all the time and she says please stop please stop talking right do you well do you find that to be common that one person <laughs> in the relationship is like excited and you know gung-ho about talking about money and the other person is the opposite honestly i do and it's and it's not a male female thing for no, me no that's I, why i, I made I've sure i said plenty of person. Women that are like, man, I can't get my husband to talk about this at all. I, I, how do I get him on board? Same thing on the other side. But yeah, I mean, oddly enough, uh, I hear it a lot. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's an uncomfortable conversation to have. So sure. can you tell us a little bit about how you got, because you have a YouTube channel, you have a podcast, you, know, you have this social media community. How did this evolve? Yes. So it evolved with, in the beginning of our relationship, my wife, Nicole, we got married in 2010. So this may be like 10 years ago. Uh, we were just sort of living for today, having a lot of fun. We were a young married couple in our late twenties. 
uh, when we got married, we were automatically like making six figures together. Like before I was making like 60 K she, she got, I got married to her and we're making seven, you know, 70 plus her. So we're making six figures. We're spending money, having a lot of fun. And then just one day we, uh, we were starting to talk about, you know, having a family and the future and things like that. And something sort of clicked in my brain where it was like, all right, well, it's not just us that we're caring for now. We're now thinking about bringing humans into the world and what's that mean for them? So something happened when we learned we were, um, we were talking about having a baby. And then when we learned that she was pregnant, it was like something snapped in my brain where it was like, okay, wow, I need to start paying attention. I need to, I need to prepare for my child coming in the world. And for me, and I've, re I've researched this, I've looked into this, this actually happens for dads a lot. It, it's this sort of protective sort of mindset that goes in, uh, of how, what can I do to protect my child? And for me, that went to, okay, finances, because I kind of, kind of like, I kind of nerd on that stuff anyway. Um, so for me, it was like, all right, what can we do to prepare and help our child have a great life? So right away, I looked at our finances and it was one of those things where we had, some debt. I had $30,000 of student loans. She had a $20,000 car loan. So together we had about $50,000 of debt. And it was one of those things where it's saying, Hey, you know, honey, why don't we pretend like we, we were just, you know, single again and live on one of our incomes and then clobber that debt. And it sounds like a great idea to me. That way we can be debt-free before our daughter comes into the world. And for her, that sounded like, man, that sounds like a lot of not fun, Andy. Like, so you want us to live on half of our income. That sounds real boring. And it sounds like we're not going to be able to do a lot of fun things. And so I kind of took a step back being like, well, no, 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 this is a genius plan. I wrote it down on a spreadsheet and, and it's really smart. Where are you going? Why are you walking away? <laughs> um, and uh, I realized what I was doing wrong is that I really wasn't speaking her language at all. I mean, numbers and figures and things like that were boring to her. And so I took a step back. I'm like, well, what does she actually care about? What does she want in the future? What are her goals? What are our goals together as a couple? And at the time, she really didn't dig her job. She really didn't like what she did. She was grinding away in the advertising industry, you know, working late hours. And as she's talking about being a mother, she's like, man, I really want to figure out a way I don't have to work these crazy hours. So that was my ticket right there. I'm like, okay, what can we do to work together on our finances? So I can get this debt-free life and check that off the box for me. And then you can transition into maybe working part-time or being a stay-at-home mom, if that's what you want. And she goes, okay, I'm down with that. So that's kind of where our journey began as a couple. And 11 years later, I'm continuing to make that mistake of talking, <laughs> talking to her with the figures and numbers and forgetting that there is emotion around money. There is a lot of I mean, uh, uh, background, our backgrounds of how we grew up, how our parents taught us about money, it all fits into our background. So I got to try to remember that as a husband, along with many other things that I keep messing up on. So that's kind of where we started our journey. <laughs> Did your parents teach you about money? Is that where you started to be interested? Was that the big part of your growing up? Yeah, Nicole and I've talked about this before. There's a little bit of nature and a nurture. I think I kind of um, was just interested in money and saving and things like that as a young person. But my mom definitely taught me a lot about, you know, she helped me to get my first savings account when I was in, I think, third grade. And from there, I'm like, whoa, okay, I can work hard, make money, save it for things that I want in the future. And then I just kind of got addicted. And my dad, on the other hand, is just a really good worker. He's got, he's goal oriented and he knows what he wants and he goes after it. So combined with making money and saving money, I think I was set up pretty well for my parents with a good uh, financial education uh, to answer your question. All right. 
do, do you think it all right, look, let's look 10 years later, which is today, right? Yeah. So you're, you're married 10 years. You have what, two kids? Yes, we have two okay. kids. We have a nine-year-old and a seven-year-old. So if you, if you had that like thing click in your brain today, and now today you are still in debt and you are still that couple that you were back when you were in your twenties, pretend you're me and Danielle for a second. <laughs> Sounds <laughs> good. Trying to have a lot of fun and spend our money, you know, yeah. not, not always do everything the right way. Do you think you could still attack this thing like you did back then? Yeah, I think, I think everybody needs a reason though. I mean, if, if, if the reason isn't exciting enough, then you're not going to do it. I mean, if you're just like, Hey, I need to save a bunch of money. Why, why do I need to save a bunch of money? Or I need to pay off my debt. Why? What's the point? And if you don't have a point, if you don't have a purpose or a destination, then it's really hard to do. It's the same thing with like exercising or eating right. Mm-hmm. At least there's like a, a visual with, with the exercise and eating right. Be like, hey, I want to look like that or I'm going to look tight. You know, I'm going to look great. Uh, money's a little difficult. So if you don't have a purpose or a why or a reason, like, for example, if you're working crazy hours and you're just feeling a little bit too you know, claustrophobic in your life as a father, as a mother, uh, you know, or, you know, just as a parent in general, maybe that's reason enough to try to, you know, work on your finances. What can I do to maybe work half of the time that I'm working right now? Wouldn't that be cool in the next five to 10 years, but still be able to live the life that we are enjoying today. So without that reason, without that motivation, I think you're, I think it's difficult to do, honestly. Sure. I guess the the point that I'm trying to get to is number one, it's never too late, which is why I think it's so important to have this conversation. You know, Danielle and I were both in our young, or what, what are we? 43. I'm almost 44, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. And, you know, we have three kids, which, you know, they're getting to be, you know, grown kids now at 16 and 13 and nine. So we're kind of set in our ways. We've been doing our thing. You know, we've been living a certain way for 20 years since we met, you know, just to, just to make sure it's not too late. It can always be done. But like you said, you have to have that intention. You have to have that goal and there has to be a reason why. Absolutely. I completely agree with you, Adam. And the first step for that, after I've talked to, you know, you guys have, have been doing your podcast for years now, and I've been doing the same thing. I've, I've had the chance to interview over 250 really smart people, you know, just like really smart money experts. And the, and the major thing that always pops up, I'm like, if somebody had to start today, what would be the first thing you'd tell them to do? Just like one step. And they, the majority of them say, just write your numbers down, write down how much is coming in and then how much is going out. That exercise is so revealing because you look at the where it's going out and you'd be like, I don't even care about that that much. Why are we spending so much money on there? And, and, and it's not about deprivation. It's not about like, hey, man, this is going to make me have no fun. It's like, look at the areas that you're spending money on that don't bring you a lot of joy. Being like, hey, I'm, am I overspending on my cell phone bill? Am I overspending on my cable bill? Is there a, a different way that I can save money in those areas? You know, can I, can I pay off some debt that's going to provide us a lot more freedom? Just looking at those areas, this isn't about stealing your coffee. This isn't about taking away your vacations. That's boring. You want to take away the things that are taking money away from you and, uh, and, and, and robbing you of your freedom. So I, I love that advice of just like, hey, what do we have coming in every month? What do we have going out? And do we care about all these things that are going out? And that exercise over a martini could be, uh, could be pretty revealing. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. 
add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Well, we're, we're about to run this couples challenge um, for like our listeners and our community and everything where we're, it's called stuff I wish you would know where we're both each partner and people can participate each partner in the relationship gets to sort of choose something they want their partner to learn more about. It could be your job. It could be, you know, uh, you know, a genre of books or movies that you really love. It could be one of your hobbies that your partner knows nothing about. And Adam, I'm 99.9% sure, is going to choose finances for me. You could be 100% sure. Okay, I'm 150% sure there we go. that I would bet my house on it, that he is going to choose finances for me. Because it really has been a, a process for us that we started out our relationship in very traditional roles. And they were the roles that we saw our parents play. And they were the roles that we just thought, you know, we we're 24 years old. We were just like, this is how it goes. And over time, that's really, it's starting to transition as we've sort of started this business together and everything. And as I've sort of realized that I need to be a more active participant in our finances. So what I would ask you, because I know that there are so many people out there like me who are like, and I'm sure Adam, Adam is sort of like number one, probably terrified to talk to me about breaking it down and, and wanting to talk about money with me because I do get very defensive and I get, you know, it's, it's a very sensitive topic for me. Um, I also grew up in a house where it was like two huge dichotomies of money. My mom was like this, you know, big spender. My dad was super frugal guy and, you know, it was very confusing, but what would you say are the steps for someone who knows nothing but wants to learn? Because that is exactly where I'm at. And that is where Adam is at with me. But also I want to add to that. And Danielle will tell you this herself. It's not just me, you know, putting words in her mouth. Like before you said your wife was, when you brought it to her attention, she found it boring. She wanted nothing to do with it. With Danielle, I think it's a little bit different because she would always say, my brain doesn't work that way. I don't understand it. Forget about it being boring. I just don't, I don't know what you're saying. It's a foreign language. Yeah. I, I think that's the, that's the starting point right there. If you, you guys know what you make and you, and you have the ability to look to see how much you're spending. Those are, those are non-complex topics. What happens in the, after that is that people throw out these acronyms and jargon and stock picking and blah, blah, blah. All that just is, is confusing and you don't need to worry about that. There are simple ways to do all this stuff. So let's talk about the, the process after you guys have found out how much you're coming in and how much is going out. Then, then you have a conversation together. You look at those line items. And this isn't a finger pointing exercise. This is a discovery opportunity to see what is important to you, Danielle, and what is important to you, Adam. Because there are some must-haves that need to stay in this budget, right? There's some things that you really love spending money on because whether they just make you feel good as a person, that you, you guys are both very busy folks doing exactly what you need to do. And sometimes there's an outlet that's needed to happen, whether that's whatever it is, going to get your nails done, going out for coffee, going to, going to do whatever you want to do and find out what those must-haves are and write them down. 
And, and with that, you can look at the other areas that you're spending on and say, what can we drastically cut for the things that we don't really care about that much? So start with the things that you love and say, these are, these, these are non-finger pointing must-haves and they need to stay in. And then look at the other things and be like, all right, well, what can we do to decrease our cell phone bill? I mean, right now, I, I think maybe a year ago, I was paying like $130 for my Verizon bill. I figured out a way to negotiate it down to like 80 bucks a month, little things like that. It's like, all right, that's that. it's the same service. It's the same thing. I just figured out a way to negotiate it. Little things like that times that by... 25 other things and you magically have, you know, $500,000 more, 500 or $1,000 more back in your budget. And you're like, all right, we got a little more room now. What can we do now with that 500 or $1,000 that's going to make us not feel so pinched? Can we pay off some of that credit card debt? Can we pay off some of these student loans that have been lingering forever? Can we pay off, you know, uh, a medical debt or can we start investing to make a real difference and take advantage of that compound interest. So once you create that gap between your income and expenses, where it's not whatever's coming in go, is going out, you've got a little gap now. That's where the power comes. You can take that uh, that power percentage or that percentage of money and use it to create some more freedom in your life, and then start to move towards those goals that you guys are collectively excited about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like the excite. You know, the the part about finding something also maybe that you both want to save for together a vacation or something that, you know, but the thing about the finances for us is I know that, and, and you were saying before you want it to be, it should be fun. It should be like a discovery process. And that's exactly what I want this challenge to be. And so that is exactly how I want us both to feel about whatever it is we're learning about each other. And, and I think, you know, there, that if I put a positive spin on it, I can do that with the finances, but it is, it is definitely a process and it is a scary conversation that for both of us, for both of us, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's not, it's not to, uh, you know, uh, just talk over it. It is. I mean, these things are so internal to us. However, we grew up, you mentioned your mom and dad, that that's a situation that now we carry that into our marriages. Hey, this is how my dad was. This is how my mom was how do we want to do things a little bit differently? And it's not to, you know, diss mom, dad or anything like that. It's just like, Hey, we all want to progress. So what can we do to make our lives just fractionally better? And it doesn't need to happen overnight. You don't need to improve your situation. Like in the next week, what small minor thing can you do tomorrow that maybe will take five minutes that will help you move in the right direction? I I found this term. I, I forgot where I found it. No zero days. So essentially just saying, what can I do each day where I am getting a a micro step closer to the goals that I want to do, even if that's a five minute activity or 10 minute activity. Okay. Tomorrow, I'm just going to, I'm just going to write down what our income is per month. And then tomorrow I'm going to find out what we're spending on our credit card each month. And then the day after that, you know, just little steps along the way that helps you build towards the first information that you need to improve your lives. And then the action steps that I'll take to improve your lives. Let's switch it up a little bit. Sure. <clears throat> Let's go from the micro to the macro steps. Sounds good. Because <laughs> I see that you do talk a lot about paying off your mortgage early if possible. Fire. Is that what it's called? Your fire. Yeah, fire. Woo! So I want to hear a little bit about, you know, how do you attack that? What's the plan to be able to do that? Because I, I know where we live, I don't know what it's like where you live and what housing and taxes are where you live, but where we live, it's astronomical and it, and the thought of paying off a mortgage early here 
and considering what we're paying in taxes, it's just such an overwhelming, unattainable task, you know, where, where we are, you know, your taxes are anywhere from 12 to $20,000 a year. Houses are anywhere from 500 to $800,000. You know, it's not the normal situation throughout the country. So it just seems like such a, like, yeah, sure. We'll pay off the mortgage one day. You know, like, like I can't even think about how do we start attacking this? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I, what I, is I, FIRE? Also, I'm sorry if you can. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> FIRE is an acronym and it stands for Financial Independence Retire Early. So financial independence is when you have enough money coming in from passive income sources where you don't need to work anymore. So you've you've either invested for long enough in the stock market where the money that's coming back from you, to you in dividends or, or growth uh, is enough to pay your pay your salary or pay your income each month or real estate investment. If you have enough coming in from real estate investment, you don't need to do your day job anymore. Or bit small business ownership, as you guys are doing right now, you're building an awesome small business that's going to provide you great income. And over time, maybe that's uh, enough for Adam to cut his hours down or something like that to, to provide a little bit more time for the family, things like that. So those are the three, three classes that people do for fire. It's investing in the stock market, real estate investment, and small business growth. Um, and there's a movement around it. There's a lot of people who are excited about it. And a big part of it is what we talked about, looking at your income and your expenses and then growing that gap to a point where you've got a lot of power. A lot of people who are saying, hey, if I can save 50% of my income, which is a bit drastic, um, they can find retirement in 15 years or 20 years. And that's a lot quicker than majority of people. So even if 15% of savings or 10% savings is a great starting point, or even 5% to start and ladder up from there, you will find more freedom and more options as you continue to grow that gap between your income and your expenses. So that's something that Nicole and I did. So we had that initial conversation about living on half back in 2010. And I slowly got her to agree to it through some pestering as well as like, you know, listening to her goals and trying to do things together. And we were able to do that. We were able to live on about half and she went from part-time to full-time stay-at-home mom. And we were able to do that for about five years until she lost her mind and was like, dude, I want to go back to work because <laughs> this, this, this raising kids stuff is, uh, is a little mind-numbing. And she was excited to be like, hey, I just want to sit at a desk and uh, drink my coffee and check email and chit-chat. you know." And I'm like, I am, I am down. She's like, but I don't want to go back to the you know, the frenetic advertising that I was doing, I want to go back and, you know, sort of a, another type of role. So she went back as an administrative assistant and she's helping, you know, a senior manager with his expense reports and travel. And it's just like very cool and calm and chill for her. And she's able to be a working woman and a, you know, and a mom at the same time. And it's sort of a great balance for her that makes her feel really happy. And at the same time, uh, we were able to do some cool things uh, by living on half. We were able to pay off our mortgage in under five years. And to your point, yes, New Jersey is very different from uh, southeastern Michigan. We bought our house uh, just for perspective. It was 2,700 square feet, and it was $350,000 when we bought it in 2013. Today, the market, market's gone crazy. I think it's like 550 now, so things have, things have gone up. Mm -hmm. But we were able to live, continue living on half and pay off our mortgage over about a five, uh, four or five year time frame, And from there, we continued to invest for our retirement. We got to a point where we have invested long enough where we can slow that down because compound interest and time is going to help us to retire at a convenient time. So now Nicole is working and in, in a situation that she really likes. I was able to transition out of my nine to five early last year 
and go for for a full-time life as a podcaster. And it's been a lot of ups and downs of, of entrepreneurship. I'm making probably a quarter of what I used to make uh, in my job. But since we were able to save a bunch, we're able to live on it and, and, and things are going well. So those are some of the big goals we did. We paid off the mortgage. We hit this thing called Coast Fire. Essentially, we save for our retirement long enough where we can just kind of chill and not, not be so, uh, savvy. And then, um, and then transition to just sort of work life that we both enjoy that allows us to have some good family time and also time away from the kids as, as needed. <laughs> I'm interested in you. You keep saying living on half. What, what kind of sacrifices went into that? What were you, what were you doing before that you stopped doing? Yeah, absolutely. So in the beginning, when we learned we were pregnant and we were having the baby and all that, we were we were going out a lot more. We we're going on vacations. We were going out with our buddies. We were going drinking. We were going to concerts. And yeah, we we said no a bit more. I mean, it was easier because she was pregnant and we were we weren't going out that much. She didn't really feel like going out in the second and third trimester anyway. But then we continued to roll into young parenthood. And we didn't really want to travel that much with small kids. And so some of the areas that we spent a lot of money on, which were entertainment and travel and things like that, uh, those got cut down and we had, we had to say no more. We had to say no a little bit more to family and friends. And those are tough conversations, you know, especially as like, no, we've, we've always done this trip or we've always done this get together Ah, this year. We're, we're working on some goals together and we're going to, we're going to pass, but we'll, we'll do something else with you. We'll go, we'll go here. We'll go to the you know, local area instead of a sort of a, a long vacation. So yeah, it required to say no a little bit more. It required us to look at some of our expenses and drill things down. Uh, we were able to pay off both of our cars. So we didn't have a car payment anymore. And that helped out quite a bit. Uh, some of the other things we did, we, we sort of just adopted a more minimalist lifestyle. We looked around our house and be like, what do we have here that we don't use that maybe has a little bit of value that we could sell on Facebook marketplace or Craigslist and we did that. We sold some purses. We sold some bikes. We sold some toys. We sold some baby stuff that we didn't use anymore. And this started to turn in the couple thousand bucks here and there. And we throw that at the mortgage. So it's just sort of being inventive with what's going on in your life and prioritizing the things you care about the most. And it's kind of fun. It gets a little addicting, especially my white wife, this is a great area where we came together because she's sort of a minimalist with design and likes a clean house. I'm like, well, I like cleaning up the stuff we don't need anymore and we can sell it and we can make a little bit of money and hit some of our financial goals. So it's kind of, it's kind of figuring out a way that we can both get uh, things that we love. Want to know one of the coolest brands we found that Adam absolutely loves? Ridge Wallet combines durability and practicality with style and amazing design. Their products are minimalist, but they're anything but limiting. Their famous wallets have a sleek card holder that expands to hold up to 12 IDs and credit cards with a money strap or clip so everything gets stored in one compact, organized place. The Ridge was built with the focus on design and functionality. It's a reimagination of what the modern wallet can be. Not to mention their products are so sleek and gorgeous. Every product Ridge Wallet crafts is a gorgeous tool for better living. Check out Adam's other favorites like the weatherproof weekender bag, leather phone cases, and the commuter backpack. If you're traveling this summer or you have a teenager who's traveling and you're concerned about them keeping important things like money, credit cards, and IDs safe and organized while they're away, you definitely want to check out the Ridge. 
And now Ridge Wallet is giving Marriage and Martinis listeners 10% off your purchase when you use the promo code MARRIAGE. Head to ridge.com, R-I-D-G-E.com to get 10% off some of the coolest gear for all of life's adventures and for a simpler everyday lifestyle. Well, we're going away this week, and I think that we're both like wanting to have some of these conversations, but also not so much. <laughs> but, um, but one, I just read a book recently. Um, it's actually called We Should All Be Millionaires. I don't know if you've heard of it by Rachel. Go ahead. Yeah. It's amazing. I actually am bringing it with us when we go away because I want Adam to read part of it. Um, and one of the exercises that she says that everyone should do is you, you sit down and you come up with 20 different ways that you could you know, generate income that you're not right now. And what you were saying, and she said, you know, it does, doesn't have to mean starting a business. It could mean, like you said, putting things on Facebook marketplace. If you have a cousin who owes you money, you reach out to that cousin and get, you know, there's, what are 20 ways? And everyone always says like, oh my God, 20, you know, that sounds like a ridiculous, but people are able to do it. And if we really think about it, you know, like you were saying, you don't want to cut out the coffees and the this and the that. Well, how can we, what can we do that we can afford those extra things rather than cutting out those? And I, yeah. I that perspective. I like that a lot too, because it starts with not deprivation. It starts with what can I do to just increase my income right now so that I can continue enjoying life the way that I do and use that extra income to clobber some of my goals. Yeah, I, I, I don't think that's talked about enough. I think that sounds like a great book. I should talk, I should uh, look into that for sure. So what's next for you with, uh, with all this? Honestly, it's figuring out, figuring out entrepreneurship and, you know, it's sort of balancing this sort of stay at home, dad, mixed dadpreneur thing that I've got going on. I'm working like 20, 25 hours a week. And then, um, I'm, I'm being a dad, I'm dadding, you know, during the other times I, I get, I get up early in the morning, I get there, get them, get them ready to go. Now we're in camp cause it's summertime, but I get them ready to go to camp. Um, and then I'm working from that period of time that they're off from camp and, and, and back. Um, uh, and then when they get back, I'm, I'm back to back to being dad. So it's like a 20, 25 hour week. I'm trying to figure out how can I maximize that time while they're away for me to grow my income as much as possible, you know, with an ultimate goal of being like, Hey, wouldn't it be cool if I can make as much in my business as I used to make, you know, doing the nine to five grind, I think that'd be really neat. And I'm right now, I'm pretty far away from that, but I see the opportunity in this digital marketing, digital content creator space that we're in and it's exciting. And we're connected. Yeah. Really I want to actually talk to you about yeah. that just for a yeah. here. Cause it's, I think we live in a really cool time right now that, you know, becoming an entrepreneur in the past was <clears throat> you're, you're opening a brick and mortar store or you're inventing something like think Shark Tank, you know, something like that's what an entrepreneur was. Where now with the internet and social media and, you know, podcasting and, you know, with Danielle and I just starting this thing two and a half years ago, and it's, you know, it turned out it started as a hobby, but we're able to turn it into a business and, you know, become entrepreneurs ourselves by doing this. And there's just so many opportunities. And I would think there are so many people out there that would just love to work for themselves like you have done and have the access to do it now. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't, I, the, the fact that uh, I'm able to work at home or anywhere and, and make a decent income right now, I'm able to pay myself a salary of about $40,000. So that's pretty great. I, and I, and I, honestly, what do I do for that $40,000? I write articles. 
I make videos on YouTube. Some guys paying me uh, uh, 200 bucks a pop to make TikTok videos. Like it's like random <laughs> weird stuff, you right. know? And it's like, that's fun for me. You know, I like video. I like video stuff. Writing's a little bit more difficult for me. I love podcasting. So I'm just figuring out a way to take the things that I love to do that I like to talk about where I'm having fun and, you know, making a living. And if it's not, if it's not going to be what I used to make, that's cool. You know, that's okay. Um, I worked in automotive marketing for a really long time, did not care a lick about cars, but I moved to Michigan and that's what we do in Metro Detroit, man. We, we, we promote and sell cars and I did it for 15 years and man, was I excited to get out. I really love the companies that I worked for. I really love the people that I worked with. I just was not passionate about the topic, but I, love this topic that I'm talking about now because I feel like I can actually help people and spread a message of, you know, hope, um, hopefully help marriages grow. And it's, it's fun for me. Well, that's, what's so great about it because this is based around your, everybody's passion. Like you get on and you talk about what you're passionate about and all of a sudden you're being able to do what you love, which is absolutely. And you guys are a absolute proof of that. I didn't know it was two and a half years ago. That is fantastic. The growth you've had. That's incredible. Oh, thanks. <laughs> there's uh, there's two small things also I wanted to talk to you about a little bit here. Yeah. I'll, I'll try to go as quickly as possible with them. But I thought the, the first one was a little bit of fun. I was listening to your podcast episode about tipping. It was actually yes. the first one that I listened to because that's what kind of drew me into your, to your episodes. And I was driving at the time, which was a bad idea because it gets my blood <laughs> boiling when I st- start hearing and talking about tipping because I have really strong feelings about oh all right tipping in cer- you know in certain situations Danielle always calls me stingy in certain ways but in, in other ways I'm you know we've always had little tiny you know, arguments about that stuff but when you were talking about it was um I think it was you or Nicole I'm not sure like you go into a Panera and you pay for your thing and then they flip the iPad around and you have to select that tip, no tip, like right in front of them while they're staring in your eyes. Yeah. And it's like, (laughs) I just came here to order a sandwich and walk away. And now I have to make this decision, you know, whether, whether how I feel about whether you should or shouldn't in that situation is not really important here, but there's just so many of those situations like going out to dinner. You know, I, I usually over tip when I'm going out to dinner because I know they're making less money and they need it. That's their job. You know, that's how they, whether that's the right thing or not. Again, not something to get into or how I feel about, but, but like, if you order a bottle of wine, do you tip the 20% of the wine? Me? No. You know, like who knows, but there's just no rules. There's no regulations. There's nothing. It's just such a complex thing. And it's such a personal thing, but it's an awkward thing at the same time. It is. And that's the exact reason that Nicole was able to, or or want to do a show with me because of those awkward conversations. I was talking about, you know, becoming a millionaire and paying off your mortgage and fire and all this stuff. And she's like, boring. Like, talk to me, talk to me about the weird stuff. Talk to me about the awkward stuff. Like, talk to me about like when uh, you and I went on our first date and, you know, I said, Hey, you know, I'm happy to go Dutch with you on this one and, and, and pay the bill. And I'm like, okay. And and for her, that was like, 
what you would never do that in her culture it's like the man pays man you don't you don't say no and then for me i grew up with two strong independent females that were sort of my you know my 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 leaders in my life and 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 if and if a woman says you want she wants to pay and i, I how how dare me to deny that that ability and for her it's like no you're stingy dude no in my culture you pay so things like that where it's like what is the right answer it's all personal and that's why i love having those conversations with her because her and i are pretty, we're pretty opposite when it comes to money and when it comes to these types of conversation, but we find ways to come together in the important stuff. Uh, lastly, also I have back in May, I think it was, you had an episode about crypto yeah, and how you were kind of a noob at the time and yeah. weren't really, you know, you had a lot of people who were leaving voicemails, I think it was, or yes. yeah. Okay. Has that changed for you in any way since a month or a month and a half ago or? Uh, it was a fun experiment for me, Adam, honestly, because uh, I just sort of ignored it as a distraction to, to, to long-term wealth building. Honestly, it's just one of those things that seems like a speculative bet. It's like gambling and nobody knows what's going to happen. And um, so I was happy to get the question from just a listener saying, hey, what do you think of it? What are your honest opinions? And, and with that, anytime I don't really know a lot about a subject, I like to reach out to our community and learn from other experts about it. So it was sort of my, my combined opinion, as well as, as you mentioned, 13 other people. Um, and yeah, I had the conversation, learned about it, and I still came away with, you know, my feelings of this could be something really big. It could really be something big, mm -hmm. but right now it's a speculative bet. It is something that is, you know, doesn't have a lot of backing around it. Um, there's a lot of governments that are deciding, hey, we're not even going to make this uh, something that we're even going to you know, talk about or even have, have the ability to use. So there's just a lot of clouds around it. So for me, you know, in the end, it was one of those things where it's like, hey, it's okay to have a small amount of your portfolio in fun stuff. Call it fun. You know, call it betting, call it gambling. That right. could be single stock picking. That can be, you know, crypto. That could be all their alternatives, gold, whatever, things like that. But don't make it a mass amount of your portfolio. Like call it, you know, if you want to be really aggressive, it could be 10% of your portfolio for bets and gambling and random stuff, you know, single stock picking, things like that. But uh, anything more than 10% is, 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 it's dangerous, I feel like, honestly, it, because there are some proven things that can help you to have a comfortable retirement, that can help you build wealth, that can help you get to a point where you have options and freedom. They're hard to deny. But if you do hit it big, hey man, there's some people who bought a bought Bitcoin at a thousand dollars and then it got all the way up to sixty thousand dollars. And if they had the foresight of selling or whatever at that point, then they are they're called big Bitcoin millionaires. So yeah, there are bets that can go really well. Uh, so since you're to answer your point to to the beginning of that. Uh, podcast episode, I decided to dip my toes in the water. And I think I bought like $20 of Bitcoin and Ethereum or something like that just to learn about it. Right. And I bought it at $56,000. And um, not two weeks later after the episode, it went down $20,000 to $36,000 per coin. And I think it's because Elon Musk tweeted something about them not accepting Bitcoin yeah, anymore that, for there Tesla. Was, yeah, there was it's, everything. It's like, it just yeah. proved how volatile that something like that could be where somebody could tweet something and then maybe just throw up a picture of a, a dog and then it goes down $20,000. So it was just, it was just proof for me that it was like, all right, this thing is wacky. It's wild. Yeah. It could be really something. 
Um, so I guess I would just, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't bet the farm on it. I, you know, if I have a little bit of fun with it, there's nothing wrong with it. It could really be something, but it's just not proven yet. Mm-hmm. Good. So I agree. So, so you're still in the mindset of this is your fun money. This is your gambling money. Have yeah, I, I am. I yeah. am. And, and I'm a more conservative guy. So there are some people that love single stock picking and day trading and things like that. I just don't have the time for that. I'm busy. I'm, I'm on a, I want to work on this business. I want to grow that. I want to take care of my kids. I want to be the soccer coach. I want to be the PTO treasurer. I want to do things that are fulfilling with my time and, and staring at a computer screen to make sure I'm buying and selling at the right time. It just sounds frenetic and stressful. So I, I avoid it and I don't really recommend it to a lot of people, but if you want to have some fun and goof around, yeah, allocate some money for that. You know, as we talked about at the beginning, I budget out some entertainment money and have fun. There's nothing wrong with it. It's, it's, but I, I would classify it as fun. Right. So tell Anything every, else? yeah, I was going to say, tell everybody where they can find you and all your platforms. Absolutely. Well, if you're listening to this on a podcast, just type in marriage, kids, and money in your favorite podcast player. That'd be great. And uh, if you're into YouTube, I'm just getting cranked up with YouTube over the past six months. and I'm having a lot of fun there. Again, you can type in marriage, kids, and money, or if you like reading marriagekidsandmoney.com. We'll link everything to you. You're, you're a great guy, man. I appreciate what you're doing. So we'll, we'll you. put all the links in every, you know, everywhere that we to support you guys. It'd be that's great. And we'll have, I appreciate to, uh, it. we'll have to do an episode of, of awkward things uh, financially with your wife, with you and oh, your wife, because I would love that. <laughs> I feel like she and I will bond. Well, that's when I, we bring out the martinis and have a talk. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, we, we do a uh, topic. Uh, I'm sorry, we do a uh, show on Fridays called Bread and Wine. So it's similar to what you guys are doing. Oh, okay. bread, bread, bread for the money and wine for the, you know, complaining about money. That'd be great. That'd be yeah. great. I'd love that. All right. Thank you so much. All right, that was fun. Thank you. Have a yeah. good night. Bye. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com